Welcome to another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark, filling your heads with nonsense since 2018. My name is Jay. And I am Leslie. How are you doing, Leslie? Not bad. I'm enjoying the holiday week off, or four days at least. Ah, yes, the holiday weekend. And where would we be in there uh, once this is finally uploaded? Well, we are backlogging this, so technically we are recording this Thanksgiving weekend. Thanksgiving just passed uh, for our American listeners, and if my schedule is correct, this should be uploaded on Christmas Eve. Just in time for the, well, you know, for the holidays. Well, I already said that, though, so not to be redundant. Well, it's it's kind of one of those things where I think with the backlog, I would rather have the backlog and be a little off on our days in the sense of right now, our listeners are probably celebrating Christmas Eve with loved ones. And right now, all I'm thinking is, what am I going to do with all that leftover turkey in my fridge? <laughs> so it is kind of a discontent. Disconnect. It's a question for the ages. What will I do with all this leftover turkey? <laughs> How was your because- holiday? Because, you know, you have to figure out what else you can do with it. I know. Ultimately, I'll find some new recipes. I'm thinking about a turkey chili. That would be good, actually. I saw something, and uh, I mentioned it to Becca, like, because we have two turkey legs that we're going to do something with. And I was like, oh, there's, when you go to Whole Foods, there's the, you know, you go to the section where they make the fresh soups that they made that day, and there's like a white bean turkey chili one. I was like, ooh, I would do something like that, maybe. But that might be good, a white bean chili. I'll have to look up some recipes. Okay, well, so uh, Christmas Eve, hard to think of um, any uh, anything to talk about since it's still a month away for us, but I will admit my story tonight is a ghost story for Christmas. Well, then it all kind of kind of works out in the end, doesn't it? Right. What's your story about? Just a You'll tease. find out when I actually talk about it. So, same as everybody else. Okay, fine. Well, which is ironic because they're going to look at the description of the podcast episode and know what it's about. I don't have to take any of your guff today. Let's <laughs> get to your story and let's get this done. Okay. Tonight, I am going to talk about the ghosts or ghosts because she's seen in more than one place of Anne. Boleyn. Ooh. Actually, I do love a good ghost story during Christmas. I mean, my my family is English. My mom was born in England, and so was my grandmother. And that whole side of the family, I do remember seeming be like we read more mysteries, watched more mystery movies, like a little bit more darker stuff during Christmas. Like, not dark, dark, but like... You know, it, it was kind of like, yeah, we would watch Scrooge um, or The Christmas Carol. You know what I mean? Like, it was one of these things where I didn't really understand that Grandma grew up telling these ghost stories or at least legends during that time of year. Because I think we kind of all forget about, like, even one of the songs, uh, Christmas songs, talks about sitting around telling ghost stories. Fun little hoarding, holiday holiday thing. Hoarding haunted rocking chairs and such i know my grandmother has so many haunted rocking chairs and she just only brought them out for christmas right that's the best time very (laughs) festive time of year you know ghosts like to play around too for the holidays (laughs) so this year uh i got the ghost of amber i'm sorry the ghost of anne boleyn 
And my sources are the Anne Boleyn Files and the book Haunted Christmas by Mary Beth Crane. So just a little bit of history. I am not a historian, so I just know the basics. Um, Anne Boleyn was born historians. Well, they think she was born about 1501 to 1507. It's not very clear. What is clear is her death was on uh, May 19th. 1536. Now, Anne Boleyn is famous as being the second wife of Henry VIII, and her marriage went against the Catholic Church at the time with Henry was, because Henry was still married to Queen Catherine. When the Pope excommunicated England, Henry took over as the head of the Church of England, and thus now you have England with their own history. Henry, that's, the one where, that's the one where they switched from being Catholic to Protestant and then that whole thing yep yep and uh, again henry and anne's daughter was later to become queen elizabeth the first she was accused of high treason which included adultery incest plotting to kill the king and even witchcraft basically it was everything in the kitchen sink queen anne which was hmm? which is funny because i think isn't that what everything that the king was doing at the same time oh yeah probably and it shall be decreed that all the crap that the king is doing shall hereby be blamed upon the wife. Well, I was reading part of some of the history of it, because I do like history, and I have, one of the my favorite books is, I'm still only halfway through it, I'm, I'm slowly reading it when I have time, like I like doing, I like doing a really deep reading, like when I have hours at a time, I can't, some if I read an hour at lunch, I can only do something really a quick read. And now, because I'm flexing at work, um, I'm taking a shorter lunch. So it's a half hour. So I really can't get into anything reading. But when I have time, should do it this weekend. I read, um, I have this one book called Elizabeth the First. I think it's called like The Spies in Her Court. And then I have another book about Queen Victoria. And just learning about the queens and about the history of England, just it fascinates me. And so I do know like... I think there was a law passed, and I forgot which king it was. I want to say it was Edward. And it was basically saying that anytime they think the queen is committing adultery, it's always considered high treason because it influences the line. And I just was always thinking, like, that's so kind of, ugh. You know, I, I don't know what it, what it is. It's just kind of like, oh, well, you cheated? Dude, high treason. That's crazy to think about because, you know, everyone would be like, oh, I want to be queen. It's like, I don't want to be queen. I was reading in the book and they had the best description it says you're kind of, excuse the language, but you're damn if you do and you damn if you don't. Like if you spurn the king's advances, your family could be, you know, blacklisted basically and even put to death. And then if you do, you know, marry the king later down the line, if you don't, you know, follow through with like giving him a male heir, you know, he could be out as well. So it's like. It, just, it basically just doesn't pay to be a female who is known by the king in any way, shape, or form. Put some dirt on your face. Let's not be known to the king. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we don't want to be, you don't, we don't want to get in that radar. All right. So moving on. So where was I? Oh, okay. Queen Anne was arrested on May 2nd. She was convicted on May 15th and then beheaded on May 19th. Very, very quick. This could have had something to do with, uh, I believe, the king wanting to marry Jane Seymour. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. It's faster than trials go nowadays. <laughs> right? 
It's like we convicted you on Monday and you've been sentenced on Tuesday. You'll be executed on Wednesday. Yep. So this is hilarious. Okay. In a show of benevolence, her sentence was changed from being burned uh, to beheaded by an expert swordsman who promised her that she would feel no pain. It's like, oh, thanks, Henry. Yeah, thanks, King. Like, you know, I, 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 thanks for making this so much easier. You know, I just, it's, it's I will admit, like, reading her history, I feel like, he, I feel like she kind of got the short end of the stick. <laughs> but I'm not a historian, so maybe, you know, I'm not, I don't know the whole story. You know, I'm like that friend who's just like, oh, man, I'm on the girl's side where I don't really know the history. Like, never talk more bad about one person to the other because, you know, if, what happens if they get back together? All right, so the beheading took place, historians think, on north side of the White Tower at the Tower of London. Again, on May 19th, 1536. We'll start with there. We'll start with the White Tower sightings. And it's going to be in and around the Tower of London. So according to legend, a sighting in 1817 of the famous lady led to a century who saw her suffer a fatal heart attack. Only problem I have with this story is if he suffered a fatal heart attack, who told the story? That's the only thing. Like I, I've, I read two sites and this book, and they all mentioned this story about the century. So I don't know if he had a heart attack and like said something before he died, or they found him, but. And they kind of were like, oh, he died because he saw something so scary. That's so. like one of those stories, you know, like where they say like, oh, this horrible thing happened. There were no survivors. Yeah. Like, well, how do no you know? Survivors and <laughs> who was it who told the story then? <laughs> right. All right. Now, this next story is pretty interesting. So another century in 1864 was brought up on court martial charges for falling asleep at his post. At least, that's what people thought. But he swore that he wasn't asleep when they found him. Instead, he had fainted after seeing a ghostly mist in a Tudor dress with a French hood. Meaning the French hood is like the French way that um, the queen used to wear a hood. Oh, what's it called? Um, Kind of with a style of her hair. Because there was the English way and there was a the French way. And I think it kind of got famous because Catherine would wear the English way. And she would wear the French way. So other ladies in waiting would style her hair, their hair after Anne Boleyn. And nobody had the heart to tell them that neither look was very good. I know, right? It was dressed in a French hood. But where a face should have been was nothing but darkness. The guard proceeded to call out and then stab it with his bayonet. <laughs> but the weapon went right through the figure. The case was dismissed after multiple people came forward reporting seeing the figure the same night as the guard. On the tower green, one witness actually saw the guard yell, strike out, and then faint. He also saw the specter, collaborating the whole story. So that was kind of interesting because they basically found this guard and were like, oh, you're just falling asleep on, on your duty. Dude, you're out of here. And like, a lot of people came forward like, you know... There was something weird going on in that tower last night. So what, he stabbed the ghost with his bayonet and then fainted, like, just on the spot? Or yeah, yes. Yeah, because he realized, I just tried to stab a ghost. Probably a little bit of column A, probably a little bit of column B. Because according to the story, is he yelled out, like, hey, stop, hey, who goes there? And mm -hmm. the figure didn't stop, so he 
you know, plunges his his weapon into it and it went through. And after he saw that what it did, like it went through that it wasn't real, he fainted. And while I'm going to say like that if I'm sitting here at my guard post and I see something, you know, presumably made of mist floating on by with, you know, just a dark void where its face should be. I'm just going to just stay in my guard post and just pretend that I did not see it. Yeah. Like just stay in here. Just go on through. And and then quit the next day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go become a potato farmer. This is what my, this is what they told me I should have done when I was a boy. And I decided I'm going to just follow the family trade of being a potato farmer. So you got a little bit of diehard, like, become a sentry, they said. You'll have fun, they said. <laughs> but you got to say it with the, with the, <laughs> I said, become a sentry, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Bollocks. <laughs> Okay, so the next story, so there's another famous story, is reported by the captain of the guard in 1882. Oh, I'm sorry, I (laughs) I love that movie, too. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm just thinking like an English... Ninja's imagining him running him, running at at the ghost with the the bayonet going, Yeah, big boy! (laughs) (laughs) Ho, 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 now I have a bayonet. I love that movie. Okay. Um, Another famous story is reported by a captain of the guard in 1882, who says that one night in the Chapel Royal of St. Peter and Vincula, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, it's V-I-N-C-U-L-A, so Vincula, where Queen Anne was buried, um, he saw a light coming from the building, from the windows. And the windows were pretty tall. So he grabs a ladder and he climbs to peek into the window. And he describes seeing a procession of knights and ladies, including Boleyn, parading up and down the chapel. And then after he watched for a moment, they faded away. But he watched them like it, it mentions that he watched them probably for a good, I don't know, five, ten minutes because he said they go went up all the way around, like towards the chapel and then come like coming back and they faded away which that would be creepy if i saw something like that definitely yeah okay now we're going to travel to blinken blinklin hall where's the birthplace and every year on may 19th the anniversary of her death the strangest thing um that they see is a headless coachman in command of a carriage being driven by four headless horses some accounts say four, six, or eight. So there's a different account I've read. But basically, it's headless horses. And they arrive at the hall, and out steps Anne Boleyn, clutching her head under her, like basically in her hands. And um, the ghost is said to roam the hall and the grounds until sunrise. And sometimes the party in the coach is followed up the drive by a strange blue light in the roads of Norfolk. They see this coach, they see this weird blue light, and they know that it's going to the hall. So she's carrying her head under her arm because she couldn't be bothered to, you know, put it back on, maybe? It's weird because, so the first ones we did with the White Tower, you have the, the clothes, no face, the black void. 
in some of the accounts, you have her carrying her severe head, like, in her arms. And then, but, like, there was a famous song about, like, Queen Anne and her, you know, carrying her head. So I don't know if that's where, like, the legend came from. And then there's legends where they just see her as she was in normal life. Okay, so the next two I'm just going to combine is Windsor Castle and Hampton Court. And that's where she lived when uh, she was married to the king. Now, all the reports are either seen and roam the halls as a specter of a headless ghost. Basically, just kind of, like, either she's in, like, this white mist or in a white gown. And at Windsor, she is seen, and this didn't say if she was headless or not. She is seen in the window in the dean's cloister. Which I believe if, and I don't know, so I could be wrong, but I think it's like a narrow kind of building with the, with the, I'm, I'm thinking like of the cloisters like at Oxford, but I might be wrong. Where it's like a narrow kind of building with narrow windows, but I might be wrong. The last two I have, I consider partly the sweetest and kind of the one I hope is true and the scariest. The two uh, we have are Hever Castle and Rockford Hall. R-O-C-H-F-O-R-D. So that might be Rochford Hall. So sorry if I pronounced that wrong. But Hever Castle was the childhood home of Anne Boleyn. And is at these two locations that her ghost is seen most and always at Christmas Eve. So if I plan this correctly, tonight. Of course, England probably already is about, what, 12 hours ahead. So they're already probably done with Christmas. But I digress. So much like Blinkelin Hall, she arrives in a black coach to Hever Castle where she wanders near a big oak tree that she played near as a child and where Henry was rumored to have courted her. She walks with a sad air, looking just as she did in life, over what's called the Quaint Bridge that crosses the River Eden. So I think like if, if she does haunt England... I kind of hope it is at a place that she found happiness. You know, I, I, f- I would feel bad if she was haunting, like, the tower where she died or the courts where, you know, she had unhappiness with her marriage. So this kind so of, like... In, that, in the last one, so she's, she's she's in the coach, right, you right. said? Yeah, and then so she does, gets... Does, does the coach come in and then stop somewhere, and then she gets out of the coach and then goes wandering around, or the coach wanders around? she gets out and wanders around and and she has her head so she looks like she does a normal life and it said that she is basically wanders around the grounds at night near these oak trees and i guess they have a specific one where she used to play with uh or play at when she was a child and then when she's done she walks over this bridge it's just a really sad air then it says during this time um, Anne Boleyn then travels near Rockford, or Rochford Hall, and this time though, it gives it more of a, like a little bit of a scary kind of thing where she walks over to the hall and instead of looking normal, Spectre, it's replaced with a headless woman in white with no head in sight. So basically it's just a woman walking without a head. The sight was so disturbing, it is rumored that many are given a warning to stay away from entering the grounds for 12 nights after Christmas has passed. So basically, she's seen on Christmas Eve, and starting like the Christmas, the next day and 12 nights, you know, the 12 nights of Christmas, that people were warned, the locals were warned to stay off the grounds. 
So this one, just, it, it doesn't have its head. It right? doesn't have a head. Just nothing, not even holding on to it or anything like that? Nope, it's just a headless. How do they, how do they know it's Anne Boleyn? To be fair, I don't know. Like, I guess because, you know, if you see something that's headless and the hall, I think the hall was like her father's hall or one of the childhood homes. So it's kind of one of those things like, okay, well, who owned this house who lost their head? <gasps> Anne Boleyn. But it could technically also be her brother who also lost his head with her. I forgot well, his name. I think it's dress, George. That's kind of self-explanatory, isn't it? Yeah, but so you're right. We don't know it's Anne Boleyn, but it's kind it of... A, it could have been Anne Boleyn's chambermaid, for all you know. You know? It, it, there was a lot of beheadings, I'm just saying. Okay, and... Yeah, uh, Hen Henry VIII was real big on beheadings. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a, his other wife. Oh, his, her name is escaping me right now. Oh, her name is escaping me right now. I can't remember. But she um, is also said to haunt, uh, haunt. I think uh, the tower. You know, I'll look into it. Maybe I'll do that as a separate story, so I won't get into it. But yeah, no, she's not the only wife of Henry's that are said to, to haunt. Like it's weird because I think it's at Windsor Castle that Henry is also said to haunt the castle. Anne Boleyn is said to haunt the castle, and Elizabeth I is said to haunt the castle. There's a lot of hauntings going on with the royal family. All right, so the last thing is um, there were also reports from uh, uh, regarding the hall from previous owners that the hall itself um, has been seen in, like inside the hall. So this was on the grounds, but inside the hall, the headless ghosts have also was also seen. And even one of the rooms, which they don't tell like why it was important, like if this was Anne's old room or what it was important, but just this one room is always extremely cold and has cold spots no matter what they do to warm up. Uh, you know what? I'm adding that. I'm assuming it's a, all they said was has extreme cold spots. I'm assuming that they tried to like, you know, warm that room up and they just haven't been able to. Central heating. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they should add that. But that is the ghost of Anne Boleyn on Christmas Eve. Oh, Anne Boleyn, you nut. It's crazy because, like, her story is so interesting. I mean, English history, to a certain extent, like, certain periods are just so fascinating to me. But then when you put on the whole mantle of now it's ghost stories, and her story is so interesting in the sense that, like, I think they said that she's, like, the most seen ghost. Or, like, she has, like, some people say it was about seven haunting places. Some people say, like, you know, four or five. So, but she's, like, one of these ghosts that are seen everywhere, it seems like. It's really interesting. Very. But that's it for me. I think it's your turn, sir. I believe it is. But since you decided to do England for, like, the millionth time. I love England. I know you do. I... Well, this is coincidental, but I decided to go to France. Ooh, we need a good French ghost story. I don't think we've had... Oh, wait, I'm, I'm just assuming it's a ghost story. Sorry. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about La Maison Sanglante, or The Bleeding House. Ooh, okay. This. Ooh, hold on, let me get all nice and comfy here. It's actually really cold today, so this is like the perfect time to get my quilt all wrapped up remember when we used to be face to face and i used to have my quilt and i would like wear it around my shoulders and i have my hot chocolate while you tell ghost stories 
You literally never did any of that. I did too. You're such a liar. Okay, go on. Not, not the hot chocolate. You always had tea. Okay, that is, that is true. I've always had tea or coffee. Mm-hmm. Now who's the liar? You. <laughs> so what's the Bleeding House? I don't think I've ever heard of it. So the Bleeding House is located in San Quentin, if I'm pronouncing that right, probably not, which is a small city in the A-I-S-N-E, A-I-S-N-E region of France. Hmm. You're doing a lot better than I would. <laughs> so our the story begins in 1986 when a family moved into the property. No sooner than, well, not too long after the family began living there, that they began hearing horrible noises every single night. These noises ranged from pots banging against each other, s- scratches of chalk on a blackboard, because apparently they had a blackboard in the house, and the sounds of moans and screams of men dying, which is always super pleasant to have, you know, hearing in your house every night. Whenever anybody got up in the middle of the night to go check on these noises, they noticed nothing has moved. Uh, there was nobody there. Nothing was written on the blackboard. So they're hearing like people, something writing on a blackboard and then there's nothing there. The family assumed that these noises came from their neighbors since it was a, de- a semi-detached house. So they could be like, okay, we could probably hear some things that the neighbors are doing or something like that. One day, the noises happened to even to be even louder than usual, and the husband got up to go do his usual rounds of checking on stuff in the house and make sure that everything's okay. The wife stayed in bed with the lights on. Very smart person. I'm gonna stay in bed with the lights on. I'm not gonna do check on. I'm gonna go check on anything. It was then that the wife noticed a red liquid flowing down the walls. Ugh. No. Both terrified, the couple decided to call the police to make sure that no one had broken into their property to you know, play some kind of a sick prank on them. The police analyzed the red liquid that, was been, that had been flowing down the, down the walls, and wouldn't you know it, actually turned out to be human blood. Oh, that'd be creepy. Like, if they, you know, actually went to the forensics lab and be like, hey, what kind of blood is this animal, deer, what is it? No, it's human. Uh, Oh, awkward. Either way, it's unsanitary. So the couple then decided to lay a trap to catch the possible prankster. They put flour on the floor and locked the house for a week. During this period of time, they decided to stay at... The, their parents' house, the in-laws, while they're waiting for this trap to be sprung. Within seven days, they finally returned to the house. During the time that they had been gone, nothing has moved, and there's no trace of any footsteps visible in the house. However, now the walls were completely covered in human blood. And there's no way that someone could get in, like, to do anything with the walls from the outside, or... Get in not from... To, not to the extent that it was. I mean... Without leaving a trace. No. Nah. Well, that's creepy. The couple, now panicking, decided to rent out apartment and called a priest to exercise their home. The priest, during his time there, determined and told the couple that the disturbances has, was being caused by a demon and that the house should be demolished immediately. Now, since they had just recently purchased the property, I, they didn't seem like they were in a huge hurry to just immediately demolish the house that they had paid for. So they stayed, 
after the phenomenon continued for several weeks after the priest finally departed, the couple, tired and scared, decided to finally just put the house up for sale. Unfortunately, because nobody ever, nobody really ever wants to buy a haunted house, because this had been in the news also, the house sale was unsuccessful, so they were kind of stuck with this property for the time being. Yeah, it always seems the way once it gets out about a haunted house. Really uh, hurt your home equity, right? Right. Finally, the couple caved and decided to just demolish the house and end the nightmare. During the demolition of the house, there was a discovery made that shed light on all of the things that had been happening up until that point. As the, after the house was torn down, it turned out, or it was discovered, that there were the, the corpses of 50 German soldiers from the First World War were discovered beneath the foundations of the building. Wow. Wow. How did, did they know how they got there? No, they didn't know how they got there. Just found them just buried there. Oh, so like maybe they were buried there and then the house was just built on top of it? Most likely. Oh, interesting, interesting. Mass military grave during the First World War. Part of the old trenches, maybe? Like, have you ever seen pictures of where they talk about how they, um, when they filled in the trenches? Or I don't know, but it's just all these pictures of these, like, it's like this valley is or field is very flat, and all of a sudden we'll have like, these weird hills. And they almost look like what we would know as like burial mounds. And they talked about like that's where it was like the trenches. So it would be, a, and it's not so much that it's a hill, but right next to it, it's just, it's dug in deeper. So it just looks like a hill. That's mm-hmm. actually the old trenches. It's just interesting is all. Very. So to this day, they are not really sure if the house was, you know, haunted by a demon as the priest that exercised the house said it was and let's face it he didn't do a very good job if it ever if everything kept happening anyways and or two was it haunted by the spirits of all of these german soldiers that's interesting because like i mean i feel like every time there is one of these things it's like it's a demon it's a demon it's like i feel like we need a bingo card like when i'm watching sometimes uh uh, one of these scary uh, documentaries or, you know, the real LED shows where it's like, okay, who had demons? Right. But, but that is the story of La Maison Sanglante. That was a good one. Ooh, that was interesting. And it reminds me of, like, the one that I listened to on the Celebrity Ghost Stories I shared, the one with uh, George Went and how uh-huh. he saw, like, his family saw, like, the red blood coming out. And I know that there was another story I heard about... um I think it's in a book called uh, The Ghost That Haunted Itself. I think that's what it was called. But it's about the the guy who did who came up with the idea to do tours at the um, in Edinburgh, uh, the Greyfriar Cemetery. I know you've done Greyfriar. And how, like, he lives near it, like, across the street from the graveyard. And how, like, I remember, I think it was, like, the first couple of chapters where he didn't really believe. And if I remember this correctly, I could be getting it wrong. Where he saw like this weird red liquid kind of coming from the walls, and he just said, "Oh, you know, it's the pipes. I must have a busted pipe, and this is rust." So he never like he just let it like it it, it kept doing it, and he just like kind of was like, "Whatever, I'll have to fix the pipe." And I think he told like his landlord or like it was something where he just didn't think about it, and then his parents came and visited it and visited him, 
and they saw this like liquid coming down his his wall. And his dad's like, well, first of all, there's no pipe that runs along this wall. And second of all, that's not rust. <laughs> so it's kind of like this guy's like, ah, that's fine. And he just kept going on with his life. Oh man, I'm going to be thinking about that story now though. That you're, you're the bleeding house because I know I really want to kind of know like, ooh, was it this like a demon or was it the soldiers? Let that be a lesson to everybody listening that if you see a red lick, a viscous red liquid dripping down your walls, don't guess. It's probably blood and you should demolish your house immediately. <laughs> I do like how that's like a lot of the story ideas. Just like, oh, just demolish it and you'll be fine. But it's like, well, then what do I do with the land? And obviously, I mean, I guess it worked out in this case because they found the soldiers, but still. Can't always do that. Burn it to the ground and salt the earth so that nothing can ever grow there ever again. <laughs> well, that was really good, Jay. Thank you. I really like that one. Perfect ghost story. Okay, so should we do uh, our legendary listener shout out? Let's do that. Okay, so I might be pronouncing it wrong, so I apologize again. But tonight, our legendary listener shout out with our new listeners goes out to Puebla, Mexico. I hope I said that right. We we appreciate, I'm pretty sure you got it. All right, well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate the listens. Yes. And the downloads. Yes, and the shares and the Instagram follows and the conversations that you guys, you know, send me. So, like, I – or send us, but I know I, I'm the one oh. on Instagram. And and for anybody who has, we are actually now on Amazon. Oh, yes, that's exciting. Like, we, we just finally got a um, download on Amazon, so now we're available through them. It's weird to think about. You want to take us home, Jay? I do, but first we have a holiday ser- public service announcement that I would like to make. Okay. So seeing as how this episode is going to be coming out, hopefully uh, if Leslie planned everything right on Christmas Eve, please make sure that under your Christmas tree, at least one of your gifts is a colorful, new, warm winter clothing. Otherwise, your children will be eaten by the Yule Cat. That is all. Is that another, like, Christmas legend? That is, actually. You're going to have to share that one next time. But it won't be Christmas next time. Well, in our hearts, it'll be Christmas. And yeah. honestly, honestly, too, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, just uh, still buy that warm coat. It is cold out there. Just make sure that cat really, really is a stickler for winter fashion. <laughs> okay, well, take us home, Jay. This has been another exciting and successful episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay. And I'm Leslie. Your purveyors of the paranormal, your curators of the creepy. And we thank you for listening. Stay safe out there and... Good night. Good night. Good night.